You have just stepped into a crust-free zone with Dr. Pat Basile. What is crust? Well, crust is that stuff that stands between you and what you want out of life. Crust is what keeps you stuck. Crust is anything you think, feel, or believe that prevents you from living your deepest heart's desire. So get ready to do some serious crust-busting with Dr. Pat Basile and break through those layers of crusty conditioning to reveal the unlimited possibilities available to you to live your life full out. Dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Well, good morning, good morning, everyone, and uh, you know what a show that we have planned for you today. Uh, what I want to say is we're waiting to hear from Bruce Lipton uh, at this time, and we will connect him in as soon as he comes in. So, thank you all for joining the show today, and we're expecting Bruce any moment now. So, for those of you that are wondering what this show is about, let me just say a little bit about Bruce Lipton, Dr. Bruce Lipton. He is an internationally recognized authority. And what he is known for is breakthrough work in the world of the new science. And so in reading his new book, which is called The Biology of Belief, Unleashing the Power of Consciousness, Matter, and Miracles, we get to decide how we play with our beliefs during the day. And I say play with them because for those of you that know me, you know the work that I do. And you could either take the approach that your beliefs are something that will lift you to an unbelievably empowerable place in the universe, or you could feel the heaviness of them, as you've heard me talk about, in the uh, unbelievable concept that spirit has given me, which is crust-busting. So for, for those of you that are tuning in and listening to this show, this is an invitation for each and every one of us to explore our consciousness and our beliefs around the lives that we want to live. Now, Good morning, Bruce, I have Bruce on the line with Hey, Bruce. Good morning. I was just going to do a monologue kind of thing on your book, but thank you for joining us. We had a misunderstanding about who was calling who, but we got it now. We did, and that's because I absolutely went to this place of uh, of connection with you and said, have that phone ring. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Well, there we have. Show's over. Demonstration of mind. (laughs) One for the good guys, okay. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining the show today. I mean, there's so much to talk about. Um, Let me start out with a question that I ask everyone that joins me on the show. Uh, And, you know, the work that I do do in the show, the title of the show has been known as crust busting. And crust is what I call all of the beliefs that would have us, uh, you know, not live the lives that we want. And, you know, my listeners uh, see me as joyful, playful, happy all the time. And one day they ask me, listen, haven't you ever had a bad hair day? You, you know, and I, out of that came the question, what are some of the obstacles that I've had to overcome to bring me to, to doing the work that I do? So that's the question I want to ask you, Bruce. What are some of the obstacles, the challenges that you've personally had to overcome to bring you to this very moment? Well, as you said, crust-busting in this case, I had to overcome the former beliefs. that uh, I was uh, uh, shocked by the new beliefs that I acquired through my work on cells. And so that it was interesting. I used to give lectures and tell people about the new science, and I would tell them all in these lectures that right after I understood it, I would say, if you, if you know uh, and understand the meaning of what I'm talking about here, you can create this most wonderful life. 
And then they would cock their heads and look at me, and they'd say, you know, Lipton, your life doesn't look that great. And that was the biggest obstacle when I realized myself that I had all of this awareness, and my life was still exactly the same. And that was uh, that led me on to the reality is that, oh, my goodness, I, I had to recognize we had two minds working on this, the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. And my conscious mind was now aware of all the new biology and the new science about how I control my life, and yet my subconscious mind was responding like a, uh, a jukebox, push the button, play the tape, push the button, play the tape, to the old tapes. And so what was real interesting is despite all the awareness I acquired, my life was still exactly the same as it was because we now recognize that 95 to 99% of our daily behavior comes from taped programs that constitute the subconscious mind. Relevance about that is is that just because somebody becomes conscious of something doesn't change the tapes. And that was the big obstacle to realize, oh, my goodness, I couldn't proceed unless I took my new science and integrated it into the active process of my life. And, you know, from that point, you know, look at the Bruce that emerges. I, mean, I am so excited by that guy because compared to the other one that was there before, this this is, I, I, I have to say this because it's a, to me is a truism and then I, I say this in my lectures that when you really get to the end and you understand it and you use this science uh, towards your own benefit, there's a point where you realize that if there is a heaven, it's really likely under our feet right now. And I started to experience this life this way from a life that, uh, uh, if anything, at best was purgatory. Now I realize that this is the most wonderful, creative opportunity that we've been given to be alive and on this planet. Uh, the only problem is, of course, is that if we buy into other people's beliefs about our own limitations, then we become limited by those beliefs. And that's what the biology of belief is all about, that it reveals how we see the world is the way we create our biology and our place in the in the environment. And if you change the way you see the world, then you change your biology and the life that you're living as well. And that that was just the the most wonderful awakening experience I ever had because it took me from some other kind of life into this life. And I, I just I wake up every day like it's like wow, what an exciting world to be in. And I, I have those occasional things like those bad bad hair days that you mentioned. But what's different about it now is those things don't matter. Once I really understood who I was and how I how I affected my life, those little annoying things that we really put in front of our lives that take away from the the wonder and quality of our lives, little petty grievances and things like that, mean nothing when you understand who you really are and how you live your life. So that when they do pop up, you look at them in, in a new light, thinking, "Oh, that's it's not even relevant." And that's why it's so wonderful because just because I became more aware of my own self didn't mean that the little glitches disappeared, but what it meant was the little glitches mean nothing to my life. And, and, and they go on, and, and I, I just so appreciate it because uh, I get to keep the joy a lot longer. And, you know, you, you, you've written this book, and there are many things in it. One of the things that I step away from, and also, uh, you know, I uh, congratulate you on, on the article in the Science of Mind as well. Uh, one of the things that I walk away from with this book is, and, and now I'm, like, totally out of the box on this, so, you know, if, if you have to kind of bring me back in, please do so. Read your book, and I said to myself, okay, this means, then, that we probably don't have to get old. 
Now that, that is, may, I, I, what I mean by that is the power that you unleash in the book sounds like an invitation to explore a realm without limitations in terms of understanding what is in control in our body. Is that not true? That's absolutely true. And it's, and it's interesting because new science is just realizing that we actually should live to be about 140 years old as an average life and that, it's, and that this aging, there's a two, two parts to our aging that are very critical and one of them is the belief of aging and that people acquire an understanding in their subconscious mind when they're infants even that as you get older and older, you seem to become less able, you start to fall apart, the system doesn't work well. And why that is important because if a child learns this, as I, and it goes into their subconscious mind. This is the part that I talk about, that we, we run 95% or more of our life from the subconscious mind. If there's a belief that we age, then as we start to get older, that subconscious mind says, oh, this is that time where we start to fall apart now. And sure enough, we start to fall apart. And the, and the interesting thing about it is that now that I've been doing this for a long enough time and been around seeing a lot of people, the exciting thing is to see a number of elderly people who in no way look their age, act their age, or appear to be their age. And it's all a matter of not, not uh, uh, that they're exceptional people in regard to their biology. They're exceptional people in regard to their beliefs. And the power of this is... Uh, just the most uh, wonderful thing to see because it says, "My goodness, we didn't have to. We didn't have to fall apart like that." And that uh, the, one of the big reasons why we age so quickly is again the general belief that when a person reaches a certain age, like it used to be sixty-five, then they're finished, and and that you know it's okay. It's time for you to you get your gold watch and and leave the business. And and the reality is that belief itself is one of the primary factors in a rapid aging. I remember my father, like many, many people, worked his whole life. Uh, as he started getting closer to 65 and 70, everyone said, okay, it's, it's time for you to get ready about retirement. And, uh, and so when he really got up to a point, he says, okay, I'll retire. When he retired, he essentially started dying. He died within a year or something yeah. after retirement because it feeds back into the system. It says you are finished. And, and, and so it, there's this wonderful understanding that's now manifesting in research biology that reveals that our perception of to be needed, that we, that we are needed for something, keeps us alive. And that's why recent studies have revealed that caretakers, uh, people who work in hospices and other places, that are people who take care of uh, people who are in somewhat form of an invalid, mm-hmm. caretakers live exceptionally longer than the people that are being taken care of or people who are not involved in taking care of somebody. And so there's this uh, very, very real statistical uh, understanding that shows that if you are needed, you will stay healthy longer. When you realize you are not needed, then you will actually begin the process of of, of dying and, and uh, taking yourself out of the population. So it's interesting because it comes back to, again, not genetics, yeah personal it, personal belief. It does. And the reason I ask that question is I'm opening the door for an entire conversation on this. So let's take a short break. When we come back, we have an unbelievable conversation here with Dr. Bruce Lipton. Many things we'll talk about. Please chime in on the conversation and get ready to change your beliefs. I'm Dr. Pat Basile. We'll be right back.
the world leader in Internet Talk Radio. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. The world's first healthy coffee has arrived. A rich blend of nutrition and pleasant aroma come together with a gourmet taste. Get energized, remove toxins, and build up your immune system with the miraculous king of herbs, Ganoderma lucidum. Organically grown without any pesticides, chemicals, or preservatives. Here's what people are saying. I all of a sudden noticed that my belt buckle was definitely looser, and then, uh, bam, it just all of a sudden happened, and uh, I dropped about 15 pounds in about eight weeks. My body is functioning better. I'm more energetic. I'm able to do things physically that I haven't been able to do before. It's just wonderful. Don't take our word for it. Check out the Internet to discover thousands of positive page references to the health benefits of Ganoderma lucidum, also known as reishi mushroom. Call now to receive your free sample. 877-514-2233 or visit godgano.org the world's first healthy coffee health and wellness in every cup your mission if you choose to accept it is to discover what's preventing you or your business from obtaining your goals dreams and vision the inquiring mind is your partner listen Fridays at 11 a.m. as Stephanie Durham professional life coach presents ACES authenticity choices empowerment and success spanning 25 years of successful business tenure in addition to over four years of training with caroline may at the cmed institute stephanie's authenticity and vast knowledge helps you objectively explore wise choices with her finely attuned facilitator skills leading you to personal empowerment and ultimate success do you know you have power to create what you want in your life and in business you do this message will self-absorb in five seconds Call us toll-free at 1-866-461-6463. Dr. Pat Basili. The world leader in Internet talk radio. Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Crossbusting Your Way to an Awesome Life with Dr. Pat. If you would like to participate in today's program, call in at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's join Dr. Pat for some serious crust busting. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, everyone. I have got Dr. Bruce Lipton with me today, and I'm going to tell you that the work that he has done is absolutely amazing. This is life-changing if you want it to be, and I, and I really am emphasizing that. This is your choice. You can take what you hear today and in getting a copy of his book, read the book, and you can decide how you want to shape your life. The book is called The Biology of Belief, Unleashing the Power of Consciousness, Matter, and Miracles. And, uh, Bruce, uh, th- thank you so much for joining the show today. So uh, appreciate I just love it. Uh, I just love it. It's great science. That's what's the best, the best part of it. It's great science. And, uh, you know, I, I looked at your book, and we started to talk about aging. And what I'm thrilled about, energized about, is this is the science of hope in my mind. I don't know if, if you've heard that, but this is, this is the way I feel about it. And what I mean by the science of hope, and I want to ask you about this, is for people that are hearing this invitation to the, for the first time, which is an invitation that, it, that allows them to shape their lives in the way they want it to be, 
There are a lot of questions. And so let's try to answer some of the questions by, you know, now backtracking from my question on aging and explaining how this process works and what you discovered. Well, I was working on stem cells, and, and people, of course, heard about or hear about stem cells all the time right now. Yeah. It's a very hot topic. I started working on stem cells in 1967, so that was almost 40 years ago. And it was interesting because I was cloning these stem cells in my medical school research and teaching medical students uh, basic science at the same time. And where I found the great disconnect was I started to realize that the cells were re- revealing a different understanding about how life was controlled than what I was teaching. And what I was teaching at that time was essentially the concept of what we refer to as genetic determinism, uh, the concept that genes control who we are and that we're more or less the victims of our heredity. And if something's running in your family, then you just have to anticipate that's going to be part of your life and that we're more or less we're powerless in the unfoldment of our own biology. Meanwhile, the cells and what I was studying in the the cell cultures revealed that the genes weren't actually controlling their biology, that if I put uh, my specific cells into, let's say, environment A with constituents that I put in environment A, they became muscle cells. But if I took the very same cells and put them in environment B, they became bone cells. And if I took the very same cells and put them into environment C with different stuff in it, they would become fat cells. And all of a sudden I started to realize that they're all genetically the same, but the character of the cells was based on the environment that I put them in. And as I started to follow through on this, I even did experiments where I removed the genes from the cell. And what was interesting is the cells don't die. The cells, many of them live for a month or two with no genes and are carrying out all this very complex living behavior like we do. So I realized at some point it's like, I've been telling stories in school to medical people that uh, about how genes control life when it turns out it was the environment. And then to be more precise, it's the perception of the environment. How the cell sees the world it lives in is the way the cell adjusts the biology. Well, when you stand back and look at yourself or I look at myself, I look in the mirror and I see a single person, Bruce, looking back at me. Uh, there's a misperception that we represent single entities. And what's, what's really the truth is if I would shrink you down to the size of a cell and then had you look back at yourself, you wouldn't see a single entity at all. What you would see is a, a bustling community of upwards to 50 trillion living cells, and that's the interesting part. We're, we're a community. We're not a singular thing. We're a community of trillions of cells. Why this is relevant is that we're like, uh, people are like petri dishes that walk around in skin. Petri dishes in the skin where all these cells are in the side, and guess what? They're exactly the same as the cells in my petri dish. I put them in a good environment, the cells grow well. I take the cells and put them in a less than optimum environment. They start to get sick and they start to uh, slow down in their growth. They actually will even start to die. And guess what? I take those cells from that environment that they're not well in and put them back into an optimum environment and they return right back to health. The point is, we are just like cells. We walk through the world and as petri dishes, if we walk into a good environment, and live in a good environment, then our health will be reflected as a complement to that environment. And yet, in contrast, if we find ourselves in environments that are not very supportive or less than optimal, then our biology becomes a complement of that. And now here's the catch. What if the environment is really good, but when I look at it, 
I see it as threatening or in some way abusive or whatever, not very supportive. And, the, and here's the issue. Well, do my cells respond to the really good environment or do they respond to my perception that the environment is not good? And the answer is the latter. Why is that important? It's the way I see life that sends the signals to the cells. So if I see life in a very healthy, supportive, loving way, then I send that information to my cells and they thrive. And yet, if I look at the world and I see it less than supportive, then I send signals to my cells that the world is threatening. And when the world is threatening, the cells stop their growth and get into a protection posture. And why that's important is growth is required for us to be healthy every day of our lives for the simple reason is every day we lose billions and billions of our cells. And if we don't replace those cells on a day-by-day basis, we start to get uh, more dysfunctional and diseased day by day. And why shouldn't the cells be replaced? And the answer is, if I send signals that the world is threatening, then the cells engage in a protection which actually shuts off or compromises growth. And then you stand back and say, well, then, well, who's controlling the biology? And the answer is, whatever are my perceptions are. Uh-huh. And, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled that you talked about this because I, in, in, being a researcher as well, and my research has to do with perceptions. You run into the argument, especially in the academic arena, where folks say, you know, well, you're just measuring perceptions. And the, uh, and the answer is, but perceptions have to do with an individual's reality. If I perceive that my life is down in the toilet, then that is exactly the way that my body will respond to that. Well, yeah, and the reason is what we've lost sight of is that when we always look at ourselves as that singular entity, uh, and, and there's a tendency of humans to look down on things less than human as not being yes. intelligent. <laughs> and the actual funny part of it is, well, you're a human, and where do you think you got your intelligence from? The answer is the 50 trillion cells that are making up your body. They're intelligent. It was their intelligence that gives us who we are. And the relevance about that is is that we talk to those cells through our brain, our perception. They need to know the conditions of the world so they can adjust the, the biology of the community to, uh, to live in a very changeable world. So you're absolutely right. How I see the world is sort of like a government talking to 50 trillion cells. Now, if we have a government, unfortunately, I think like the one we have in a sense, that doesn't give good stories and good messages about life and that life has harmony and love and peace, if we don't tell our cells a story like that, then we will have a population of cells that respond just like the population of people in our planet here. And, and, and the issue about that is, uh, is scientifically, the, the people on this planet are now experiencing the, the sixth mass extinction of life that we have caused. And why is that relevant? Is like, well, if we're destroying life on our planet on the outside with our thoughts and our beliefs, the same consequences occurring on the inside where our thoughts and beliefs are destroying the population of and the harmony of the community of cells that make us up. So what's going on on the outside is a measure, an image of what's going on on the inside. Well, this is a, a, an, an unbelievable opportunity to take this conversation uh, into the world uh, of health and rejuvenation. And, you know, the question that I asked earlier about age, you know, has a lot of layers to it, and that's why I asked it. 
yeah. And, and 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 here's the here, here's what we're talking about, you, you know. And here's the question I think I want to ask you is that given the discovery that you've made, this unbelievable aha, and how you're taking this message out into the world, isn't this in fact then a discovery? that opens up doors in places where we have not even begun to step into, meaning if we truly control what is going on by the way we perceive the world, is there anything that falls outside of the realm of our control? Uh, this is the beautiful part, and the answer is no. And you know what's exciting? It's not that this, uh, this is just my discovery. I am one of a number of people, but we're at more like the pioneers on this thing. And, it's, and for 40 years, it's now coming to reality. Yes. But here's the interesting thing. Well, I'm a biologist saying that. The physicists say exactly the same thing today. Well, let's so, take a short break. And when we come back, I would like you to talk more about this. And what this means, what does this mean for this new science, this science of self-empowerment to come to the forefront? And it's an invitation to each and every one of us to step forth and really declare the lives that we want. I'm Dr. Papasilla here with my amazing guest, Dr. Bruce Lipton. This is about each and every one of us, our lives, an invitation to step forth in the light that we would like to shine on ourselves. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. The Internet's number one talk and information station, VoiceAmerica.com. Introducing a powerful, trend-setting beverage, the world's first healthy coffee. This coffee is healthy because it delivers Ganoderma Lucidum, the king of herbs. Gano Coffee, pre-measured, pre-packaged to deliver a perfect cup of coffee every time. You just add water, stir, and enjoy. It's fast and convenient. Your friends and family will love it, too. Available as black, mocha, or with cream and sugar. Our coffee sells for a mere 45 cents to 90 cents per packet. Who's responsible for your future health and wealth? Try Ganoderma Lucidum. People will spend their health to get their wealth. Then they will have to spend their wealth to regain their health. Don't let this happen to you. Go to GotGano.org. That's GotGano.org. Tune in every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time for Health Masters with your host, Louis Moss. Each week, Louie will bring you the latest health and lifestyle breakthroughs, as well as bring you the Health Master Spotlight of the Week. So get healthy with Louie Moss and Health Masters every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. We all have them, traits in us that make us special, unique, characteristics that drive us. Some drive in third, some are in overdrive, some are in neutral, and others are in reverse. What makes us tick? Why do we do the things we do? Do we change the way we behave? Can we? How? Yes, yes you can. First, we have to embrace who you are and then enhance that in which we see. The Inquiring Mind is your partner. Listen Fridays at 11 a.m. as Stephanie Durham, professional life coach, presents ACEs, Authenticity, Choices, Empowerment, and Success. Spanning 25 years of successful business tenure, in addition to over four years of training with Caroline Mace at the CMED Institute, Stephanie's authenticity and vast knowledge helps you objectively explore wise choices with her finely attuned facilitator skills, leading you to personal empowerment and ultimate success if you want to smooth shift into the right gear call us toll free 
1-866-461-6463. That's 1-866-461-6463. Hello, I'm Gary Zukov. And I'm Linda Francis. And we recommend you to Dr. Pat Basile's show. He's been on it several times, and it's one of the most supportive shows that I've been on. Yes, Pat is so energetic and so in alignment with what we're doing. I want to invite you to come to our website, www.zukov.com, Z-U-K-A-V. For a special program that we have created called Hurricane Katrina, the 12 learning opportunities. They are opportunities to learn about yourself. The reason for learning about yourself is so that if you choose, you can change yourself. Come to our website, www.zukav.com, Z-U-K-A-V. Look forward to seeing you there. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Crush Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life with Dr. Pat. If you would like to participate in today's program, call in at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's join Dr. Pat for some serious crust busting. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with Dr. Bruce Lipton, and we're talking about many things, but mostly we're talking about how each and every one of us can reshape, re-sculpt our experience of life. You know, Bruce, you started to talk about physics. Let's finish that conversation because yeah, you're absolutely right. It's interesting because for 80 years since quantum physics came in, which is a physics based that the whole energy is made out of, I mean, the whole universe is made out of energy. That's what quantum physics says. Um, for 80 years, everyone said, well, we just restrict that to atoms. Uh, quantum physics applies to atoms. And physicists have known that the whole universe is made out of energy and applies to every level of the universe, including our personal experiences. And why I just want to say this, there's this wonderful article by a professor of physics at Johns Hopkins that just came out in the prestigious journal Nature. The, the article title is called The Mental Universe. And he goes through the, uh, the elaboration. He says, we have disregarded this understanding because it, it plays havoc with the way we see life, so we just ignored it. But he comes down to the conclusion. He says, you can't ignore this. And in fact, I love the last sentence in the paper, and, and here's what the last sentence is. The universe is immaterial, mental, and spiritual. Live and enjoy. And basically it says right from the physicists that this whole world is created by the observers, and we are the observers, so we create the world that we're observing in front of us, and that all of a sudden it takes away that victimization and passive process and says, no, we are active players in day-to-day life in our own experiences. Well, you know, being an active player, let's take that conversation now forward. Uh, being an active player, you know, let me let me start with a question from one of our, one of our listeners, and thank you so much um, uh, for uh, Jolene for sending this question in. Thank you so much. And the question goes like this, uh, Bruce. Uh, as I'm listening to the show, I'm struck by, you know, my current life situation. I, my finances are at an all-time worst. As a matter of fact, I'm filing bankruptcy. Uh, it seems like I, there's so much that I've done in support of what I know and what I want to do, and yet I find myself in this situation of absolute despair and failure. How can I reprogram myself to move beyond this? Well, that's a fabulous question. 
and it's a question I think most, almost all the population at some level really asks all the time. And the answer about it is this. As I mentioned, we have two minds, the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. The conscious mind is creative, and the one that's more or less connected to our spiritual selves that gives us our own identity and that I, I see life. I put the big I in the conscious mind. What we haven't realized and owned fully is that the subconscious mind is actually a tape player of experiences. And what's relevant about that is that the subconscious mind acquires its experiences, and this is the new understanding and why it's so critical, about who we are and how we fit into the world. It acquires this information primarily before we're six years of age. And during that time, it acquires the information by observing how a child, a child observes how it fits into the family, into the community, and it also gets feedback from the parents about who that person is so that uh, all you need to do is just go to a, like a Kmart or something near a rush hour and see uh, parents with a bunch of kids in the carriage going and, and the kids are all acting up. And, and we've all heard these things like when a kid was screaming and wants something and the parents say, you don't deserve that. Or you're not good enough to get right. that. Why this is relevant, and this is real, real, <laughs> right here. Yeah, it is. Th- those words are actually downloaded into the subconscious. When a child's less than six or around that age, all that it hears goes straight into the subconscious like a tape recorder. Now, here's the problem. I am that kid, let's say, in that store, and I, I am told I do not deserve things. And you've heard this, but many people have heard parents saying this to kids. Here's the point. I'm six. I hear that. It's in my subconscious. Now I'm 40. And now that I'm 40, I'm working on my job, and my conscious, creative, spiritual mind says, gosh, I, I should be able to be the, you know, uh, get a raise. I should have more money. I, uh, you know, I do the best job. I'm so good. How come I'm not getting anywhere? How come I'm having financial problems? What's wrong here? And the answer to that question is simply this. Less than 5% of our activities during the day are controlled by that conscious mind, the one that says, I should be successful. The reason is that 95% to 99% of our activity comes from the subconscious mind. So now look at it and say, wait, my conscious mind is the one that says I should be successful, but my subconscious mind's got a program I do not deserve. I learned that when I was six. And why this is important is we rarely, rarely ever see when the subconscious mind is playing its behavior. And the reason is the nature of the two minds is that the conscious mind can control everything. But when the conscious mind doesn't focus on something, then it's automatically relegated to the subconscious mind to do it. So, for example, many of us, uh, can, let's say we've been driving a car for a long time, uh, can drive a car and get, let's say we have a passenger, we get involved in a conversation, and all of a sudden we look out the window and we realize, you know, I haven't paid attention to the road for the last ten minutes. I was so involved in a discussion. Uh-huh. Very important point. This is a learning point. It says this. Well, then who was driving the car when your consciousness was involved in the discussion? The answer is the subconscious mind. And don't get nervous about it. I'll tell you why. The subconscious mind is a million times more powerful as an information processor than is the conscious mind. So, in fact, you're safer when the subconscious mind is driving the car. But here's, here's the catch. That 10 minutes, you were involved in a discussion, and you drove the car, and now I ask you, I say, would you describe your driving behavior? during that 10 minutes? And the answer is, no, you, you didn't see it. You were involved with a discussion. And that's the catch. When the conscious mind is engaged in its thoughts, the subconscious mind runs the show, but because the conscious mind was engaged, it never sees what is going on. And this is why 
people never realize that their, their subconscious mind, which has generally limiting and self-sabotaging beliefs we acquired during childhood, that's running the show, and we don't see it. I, I, I just I enjoy this because it's kind of humorous. Is that, uh, for example, if you know a woman and you know her mother, and you realize that they pretty much have the same behavior, it's not a good idea to tell the woman, you know, you're just like your mom. <laughs> uh, and, the, and the reason is usually they are in shock. That well, how could you say that? And this is proving the point that when you're playing the automatic behaviors, you don't generally observe them. So ninety-five percent of our day-to-day activity is not based on our wishes and intentions and our desires and what we want from life. It's based totally on the program. And so, but what's the program filled with? Well, go back and look at what children hear. You're not smart enough. You're not good enough. You'll never make the grade. You only got, you're an average student. Uh, you're a sickly person. These, when people don't realize that, that when these kind of pronouncements are made, and the child could be an infant, it's still downloading that information. The subconscious downloads that stuff. And those thoughts are the ones that run our show 95% of the day. And here's why it's an important catch. Just because you become aware of things in your conscious mind, it does not, and I emphasize it, it does not change the tapes in the subconscious mind. So I gave an example. I said, when the new biology hit me and I understood, oh, my God, I have all this awareness about life and, and all the powers that I have and everything that I can do. And as I was giving the lecture and telling all the people about all this wonderful science, they looked back at me and they said, but your life doesn't look like anything you're talking about. And the answer was, oh, my God, even though I had all of that knowledge, I was still operating my life 95% or more of it from old beliefs. And that's where your question, finally we get around to an answer, so what do you do about it? And the answer is, well, there's several things that you can do, but the most important thing is we must stop right now and say this. Just because you become aware of something, it does not change the subconscious program. I mean, people do uh, uh, cognitive psychology therapy. They, they go for years and they pay an enormous amount of money. And at the end, they can say, yep, I can see why my life happened this way. My dad did this to me and my mom did this and these right. people did this. And guess what? I know all of that and my life is exactly the same as it was before I knew all of that. Emphasizing again, just because we become aware, that doesn't change anything in the automatic programming. It's to own the reality that most of our life comes from the automatic programming. So you want to go back in there and change it. And there are several different ways of doing it. Uh, the first way that I got involved, because I didn't know any other way, was a practice that I found out it was something called equivalent to Buddhist mindfulness, meaning if you just keep your conscious attention on your life and stop letting it uh, travel and drift into the future or drift into the past, because if you think about it, and psychologists will tell you, most of our conscious thoughts are thinking about the future, or thinking about what happened in the past, and why is that relevant? Well, I said you have two minds, conscious and subconscious, and that if the conscious mind isn't even watching what you're doing right now, by that nature, the subconscious is going to run the show. And while you're thinking about the future, you're not even observing that your behaviors may be shooting yourself in the foot because you don't see it. So the issue about Buddhist consciousness or mindfulness is that if you live conscious day-to-day, moment-to-moment, then you never actually rely on the tapes. You're actually putting your hands on the wheel and driving everything. But if our minds wander, then automatically we go right back to the tape. 
mindfulness is a wonderful process, but it's very difficult because our busy, busy world that we live in causes us to be so much in our heads, thinking and connecting and integrating, that it forces us to run from the subconscious mind. Well, it's like it's like playing a chess game. It's like you have to think, you know, several steps ahead in order to make sure that you're going to get to where you want to get to. And and with that, what I'd like to do is we're going to take a, a short break right now, and when we come back, let's talk about this conversation. Let's talk about how each and every one of us can really step forth and really, you know, step into the world of being aware of what's going on and how that affects, you know, the health of our body. And this is a conversation that is getting a lot of attention these days. Unexplainable events, as Bruce Lipton would call it, you know, the miracles, the biology of belief, the miracles. Let's talk about this when we come back, Bruce. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to the show, and uh, we will be right back after a word from our sponsors. I'm Dr. Pat Vasily. Stay tuned. Bringing the world together. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Mystery School 2006 Preview Weekend, The Mystery of Making a Difference, November 11th through the 13th in Palm Springs, California. Making a difference has never been more critical in a world in which so much can go right or disastrously wrong. We are the ones who have the most profound task in human history, the task of deciding whether we grow or die. We have an opportunity to play a role in the greatest transition drama the world has ever seen. In order to do this, we must be able to Excess depths of body, mind, and spirit that we may have forgotten we had. In the special preview mystery school, we will help you discover that you are much richer, deeper, and stronger than you know. We will explore ways to help restore the lost but much needed part of ourselves and allow for expansion and growth. Learn to become part of a deep ecology of life and vibrant awakening. For more information, log on to our website, genehouston.org, or contact Bridget at 541-488-1200 or Bridget the Brit at AOL.com. Hey, everybody. This is Garrett Mercadante with the world's first healthy coffee. Just wanted you all to know that we're offering a free sample. So go to gotgano.org. That's gotgano.org. Hope to see you there. Introducing a powerful, trend-setting beverage, the world's first healthy coffee. This coffee is healthy because it delivers Ganoderma lucidum, the king of herbs. Gano Coffee, pre-measured, pre-packaged to deliver a perfect cup of coffee every time. You just add water, stir, and enjoy. It's fast and convenient. Your friends and family will love it, too. Available as black, mocha, or with cream and sugar. Our coffee sells for a mere 45 cents to 90 cents per packet. Who's responsible for your future health and wealth? Try Ganoderma Lucidum. People will spend their health to get their wealth. Then they will have to spend their wealth to regain their health. Don't let this happen to you. Go to GotGano.org. That's GotGano.org. Business. Sports. Religion. Legal. Pets. Entertainment. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Crossbusting Your Way to an Awesome Life with Dr. Pat. If you would like to participate in today's program, call in at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's join Dr. Pat for some serious crossbusting. 
And for those of you listening, you can also send an email because most of you right now are listening on the Internet. Of course you are. And so you can send it to live at crustbusting.com. I'm here with Bruce Lipton. If you would like to find out more about the book and how to purchase it and about his work, very simply, uh, brucelipton.com, and you will find out uh, where his upcoming lectures are, uh, how to get a copy. You can get a copy of the book anywhere. The book is The Biology of Belief, Unleashing the Power of Consciousness, a matter and miracles. And Bruce, thank you so much for joining the show today. Let's continue this conversation and bring it into the world of, of health. Well, okay, what we were talking about is uh, the way we perceive life is are the signals that are sent to ourselves. If we perceive life accurately, then we send the appropriate messages into ourselves. But if we, or if our perception is skewed in some way or mis, we misperceive the world, then by that nature, just as as I just said, we are then sending uh, misperceptions or inaccurate information into our biology, which causes us to adjust our biology inappropriately for our world. So uh, an example of that is a, a person with anorexia. Now, they have a skewed perception. Everyone around this person looks at this person and says, oh, my God, they're deadly thin, they're, 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 they're going to die. And yet this person looks at themselves in the mirror, and because the perception is skewed, they see themselves as overweight. Now, it's not true, but that's what they see, and guess what? That's because they see that, the messages that come from their mind to their body says, overweight, let's reduce uh, and reduce. And what the point is is that because the, because the perception is skewed, it, causes, it can cause them to die. And, and this is the character of our lives, that if we send incorrect information in, believing it's true, the cells don't know it's incorrect. They just follow whatever we said. And this is uh, those issues like when I, when I talked about when we were very young and acquired perceptions about our worthiness and, and who we are and the value of ourselves, which are generally, in most people, when we grew up, there was limitations of our powers and, and our abilities in life, uh, trying to, you know, keep us down in our place. Don't, you know, you, who do you think you are? That kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. And why that's a problem is if I operate from a, a learned belief, who do I think I am? And I look at the world and I think, I can do something about that. And my subconscious mind responds, who do you think you are? <laughs> then I've automatically said, my subconscious mind, million times more powerful, operating 95% or more of the time, is saying, who do you think you are? will completely undermine me, sabotage my life. Not that that belief was conscious, because my conscious mind isn't repeating that. My conscious mind's like totally separate looking at, why isn't this working? <laughs> and, the, and the subconscious mind's just playing tapes, just playing, push the button. That's what, actually, it's interesting, because people say that. They say, oh, that guy pushed my buttons. Exactly. And, and that meant what? Well, I automatically engaged in this behavior, and that's what people don't realize. Ninety-five percent or more of our behavior is automatic. Just the environmental stimuli, push the button, I play the tape. And yet, that's not my consciousness. My consciousness is always in wonder, like, why isn't it working, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, listen to the new tape, and this is what I want to talk about. You know, the new tape, if we were to plug into it, and I don't know how new it is, but relatively speaking, you know, we have all of this information about our health. We have all of this information about genetics. I mean, you can't hardly go, Bruce. You know, you go to a doctor, you go get a checkup. They want to know everything about your family, your family system. Did your parents have this? Did you, you know, so you go through this conversation. So now we have this mindset, this overarching belief that what has come before us is carrying forth 
uh, and we are in not only just our beliefs about who we are in this world, but now we are the health of our parents. And, and it's interesting because there is a connection, but it isn't physical. It's belief connections. The beliefs about how to deal with life are passed from parent to generation just as genes are passed. Now, when we didn't think that beliefs and perceptions were important, then we looked at family lineage, everything was genetic because we didn't see that that belief was important. So we just looked, oh, you have cancer running your family, so ah, cancer must be a genetic predisposition. Now we realize after uh, 50 years, the American Cancer Society was looking for, where are those cancer genes? They didn't find any cancer genes. And finally, just even about a month ago, uh, they made this a big about face, which I'm so excited about because it's the first time they're becoming real. They said, and the American Cancer Society said this, 60%, it's a conservative estimate, it's the first time they said it, 60% of cancer is totally avoidable by changing lifestyle and diet. And why is this relevant? Because up to very recently, cancer was genetic. Yeah, absolutely. And now it says, oh, no, you know what? You don't have to have the cancer change your lifestyle. It's like... Aha! We're beginning to realize. Even I, I love it up in uh, San Francisco. Uh, Dean Ornish, cardiovascular surgeon, working with cardiovascular patients, said, "Let me try a different regimen rather than the conventional drugs. Let me let me show them how to meditate. Let me show them how to reduce stress. Let me show them how to have a better diet." He took a cohort of patients, no drugs, gave them this new lifestyle. Not only did it stop cardiovascular disease, they actually regenerated. And you know what's interesting? Medicine, uh, conventional medicine, wants to give people with cardiovascular disease drugs. And they feel very satisfied if they think they've slowed it down. And here's Dean Order showing, I didn't slow it down. I stopped it and reversed it. No drugs. And what was the issue about it is I heard Dean on, on a TV show where he was very upset. He said, if I got the same results with a drug, every doctor in the world would be prescribing this drug. But I did it by having people change lifestyle, and nobody cares. Well, we're finding that in, in many other areas. I mean, the, the world of autoimmune illnesses is just absolutely exploded. I mean, it, there aren't many people that, uh, you know, I have conversations with that don't know someone that's coming down with some sort of, whether it, whether it's an arthritis, a fibromyalgia, whatever that is, it's, you know, just creeping up all over the place. And there's a question mark because this frontier is one that people say we don't have a clue. Well, it's interesting because the clue is exactly in the name of the disease, autoimmune, <laughs> which stands for self-destruction. That's what it means, self-destruction. Why is it relevant? Is because autoimmune diseases are where we turn against ourselves because of our, our belief systems of being less than whole, less than complete, less than good enough, and those beliefs of less or, you know, not being whole then those are being told to the cells, and the cells are saying, oh, you want less? You want less than whole? I can do that for you. And and the perception becomes a manifestation of self-destruction, which is, again, the same thing that's happening in the outer population in the world at the same time, because what's happening in the outside world is a reflection of the inside world. And that's why there's so much illness and disease uh, in, in this civilization. It's not because we're so uh, vulnerable. We're not. We're, uh, that's the beautiful part. I mean, you can drink strychnine. 
And this is people do this as a testament to their belief systems. Uh, people down in the South, the Pentecostal, Pentecostal Baptists, work themselves up in a Jesus state to show that God will protect them. They play with rattlesnakes and copperhead snakes, and these are very poisonous vipers. And guess what? They they play with them. They even get bitten, but they don't even have any problems yet. But the the coolest ones are the ones that have such firm belief that God will protect them. They actually drink strychnine, and they don't get poisoned. And then you have to say, well, wait a minute. Come on, that's like totally absurd. And the answer is, no, it's a matter of understanding the power of the human, which after a couple of centuries we've been so disempowered that we think every little thing out there can eat us up and kill us. The bacteria, you know, don't eat a Twinkie because it's got sugar in it. It's going to kill you. Uh, And we're so afraid, and the problem is, but if you perceive that these things will bother you and perception runs biology, I perceive that white sugar is going to kill me. If I eat white sugar, I am telling myself, guess what? This stuff will kill you. Now here it is. And the cells say, okay, and they'll die. What's the point? Is that we are so powerful that we can walk across hot coals. Yeah, but don't do it if your mind isn't just really into that zone of, I am powerful, because if you doubt that, you'll burn yourself instantly. You will get what they call a major hot foot. <laughs> and, and, and you know, we're talking about getting a major hot foot in the hot foot that you, you, that you walk on in this lifetime. So, you know, in closing this show, I want to ask you this question, and Bruce, I'm so... I'm so excited about the work that you're doing and, you know, the, your courage for taking this message out into the world. I want to thank you for, for joining, uh, me and, and my listeners today. Again, folks, if you'd like a copy of the, the book, BruceLipton.com, in closing, really quickly, how do you want to be remembered? As a guy who was happy and in love. And that's it, because when I became happy and I became in love with life, I realized this is heaven. I created a world that that feeds back health and harmony and that all of us have this opportunity because 50 trillion cells live under my my skin and and they're living in harmony and health. Uh, There's only a few billion people on the planet. We should be able to do that easily. And it's time for each of us as cells in the human body to uh, recognize that we can bring that health and harmony to the planet and live uh, in the equivalent of the Garden of Eden. And uh, thank you so much, Bruce. And for each and every one of you listening, this is an invitation, and you know that that's what my show is about. It's an invitation for you to really unleash the power of your consciousness, matter, and miracles, because each and every one of us has that within us. It is the divinity of that nature of who we are that allows us to live life full out. And Bruce Lipton, amazing work that you've done. And for those of you that don't have a sense of what Bruce just talked about, living in the love and the joy, You'll have to read the book to see what his journey has been about to get a sense of that. Thank you, Bruce Lipton. You're amazing. Thank you all for listening right here on Voice America. We'll see you next week with the Gano team. And remember, thinking about your life, thinking about it positively, and knowing that you can create the world that you want to live in. I'm Dr. Pat Basile. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us today for Crust Busting with Dr. Pat Basile. Crust Busting with Dr. Pat can be heard live every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time on voiceamerica.com. For a copy of today's program or to learn more about Crust Busting, visit www.crustbusting.com. 